Did you know that over 60,000 new tracks are uploaded to Spotify every single day? That's a new track every 1.4 seconds, and that's just on one platform. With so much music now available, it's more important than ever to stand out from the crowd. So it's not surprising that more artists are starting to use less conventional sonic textures in their music, like field recordings. Perhaps you've always wanted to infuse the sounds of nature or your favourite city into your own tracks, but not having the right gear or knowledge might have held you back. Well, if that's the case, you're going to love the brand new guide I just created, teaching you how to start field recording with just a smartphone. And it's all yours for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel. Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five-point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level. The more you experiment with sidechain compression and the more you listen, the more you'll start to hear these subtle differences. Side chaining can be almost imperceivable, but without it, your mix, especially if you're working with lots of drum and bass, can sound muddy. Hello and welcome to Girls Twiddling Knobs. My name's Isabel and over the last decade, my self-produced and self-released music has amassed over 25 million Spotify streams. I also have a PhD in sonic arts, but I wasn't always this confident with music tech. In fact, I still hear those self-doubt gremlins in my head from time to time. I started this podcast to help more female-identifying musicians start recording and producing their music and learn from other women making music with technology. If that's your cup of tea, then you're in the right place, my friend. Let's dive in. Well, hello, Knob Twiddlers, and welcome to another episode of Girls Twiddling Knobs, your favourite feminist music technology podcast. Now, so far on season four of the podcast, we've covered some super interesting topics, whether it be carving out more time for your creative practice, knowing when to listen to other people's advice, or the amazing guests we've featured so far, we've been serving up a lot of stellar episodes. But today, we're getting a little more technical because we're going to be looking at side-chaining. Now, you might have heard about this production technique in the context of compression. You may already be using this technique in your own projects, but even if you're not just yet, you might have heard someone talk about adding side-chain compression either in a studio or on a YouTube video. But if you're totally new to side-chaining, today's episode will break it down so you're no longer in the dark. And if you're already using sidechaining in your music, perhaps we'll just fill in any gaps in your knowledge or confirm that you've got this whole sidechaining thing wrapped up. So first, I'll share the nuts and bolts of sidechaining so we're all clear on exactly what that is. Then we'll draw on some real-world examples of when sidechaining is used in music production. And then finally, I'll share the best way to start using sidechaining yourself if you're not already doing so. Okay, let's dive in. So firstly, let's get super clear on what sidechaining is. Sidechaining is a technique used in music production where an alternative audio source triggers a processor inside an audio effect. This alternative source is set to a threshold, and when this threshold is exceeded, the effect is activated. 
Now, in case you're thinking you've lost me already, Isabel, let's break this down with a more real world example. So perhaps you've got two audio channels inside your recording software, one with a MIDI drum kit and the other with a bass audio recording. Perhaps you want to be able to hear the bass better in the mix, but the kick drum is making it sound too muddy because of too many bass frequencies competing in the same frequency range. Side chaining can help with this. So first you'd add a compressor to your bass channel, but set the kick drum as the trigger. This would mean that when the kick drum sounds, the bass is compressed to give the kick more space. The amount of compression and therefore reduction in volume on the bass will depend on where you have set the compressor threshold, giving you the ability to apply this effect more or less subtly. Let's give this a go now. Listen carefully. This is the kick and the bass without the sidechain compression active. And this is with sidechain compression. Now you can hear the bass throughout your track, but the kick is allowed to punch through a little more when it's struck. And this may feel quite subtle at first, maybe if you're listening to these audio examples you can't quite hear a difference, but the more you experiment with sidechain compression and the more you listen, the more you'll start to hear these subtle differences. Side chaining can be almost imperceivable, but without it, your mix, especially if you're working with lots of drum and bass, can sound muddy. Now, this example I've just given is perhaps the most common way side chaining is used in music production, but there are other ways producers use this technique too. So firstly, like in the example above, side chaining can be used to automate the volume of different tracks to gain more clarity in your mix. But this isn't just used for giving more separation between drums and bass. For example, have you ever noticed when you're listening to the radio and the DJ starts talking over a song that the music will fade in volume as soon as they speak and then get louder again when they stop talking? Well, there isn't a little radio monkey sliding down the studio faders when this happens. It's done with side chaining. The channel that is playing the music has a limiter applied and the trigger is the radio DJ's voice. The threshold on the limiter is set to a certain decibel level and when the DJ speaks, the music will automatically be limited to that volume. Let's give it a go now. Take a listen. So when we use side chaining in this way, the DJ can get on with presenting. The music will keep playing, but just at a lower volume and the listening experience for you and me will be seamless. And while this isn't a music production context per se, there are DJs who use this technique in their live sets too. It's also another great example of using side chaining for dynamics, and there are almost limitless applications of how you could use this. This technique is called ducking, and we're going to use it in the next side chain example, but in a different way. So this second example of when side chaining is used in music production is to add or subtract ambient sounds, such as reverb or delay. For example, perhaps you've applied a large reverb on your voice, but you still want your vocal to sound crisp and clean. You can use side chaining to dip the reverb in the middle of your sung notes and then re-emerge in the spaces between. You might do this by duplicating the vocal track you're working with, but making sure the second copy is just the dry signal. 
You could then apply compression to the original track that has the reverb applied, but make the trigger your copied dry signal track. You could then give the compressor a long attack so there is a smooth motion to it. This is an example without the sidechain compression on the recording of me speaking that we heard just a minute ago. So when we use sidechain in this way, the DJ can get on with presenting. The music will keep playing, but just at a low volume and the listening experience for you and me will be seamless. And this is an example with the sidechain compressor in action. So when we use sidechaining in this way, the DJ can get on with presenting. The music will keep playing, but just at a lower volume and the listening experience for you and me will be seamless. Hopefully you can hear that in the second version, the vocal sounds crisp and clean when the voice is speaking, but the reverb emerges between each word. This technique will likely be the most useful when you have an instrument or sound with a lot of reverb trying to balance amidst lots of other textures. The final example of sidechaining we're going to look at today is using it to create a pulse on one of your tracks. This technique is most commonly heard in electronic dance music or EDM and is often used on bass, but can also be used on synth and pad instruments too, or anything else for that matter. And the technique I'll unpack here is very like the first example of using sidechaining on your bass, using your kick as the trigger to create more clarity and space in your mix. However, this time the trigger won't have a sound, so we'll be able to hear that pulse on its own, and this is something referred to as a silent sidechain or ghost compression. So this could be achieved a couple of different ways, but in this example, let's imagine you have a synth sound like this one. But instead of the notes just being held like they currently are, we want there to be a pulse. So we're going to create a new MIDI track and add a kick drum and I'll just do a standard four to the floor rhythm like this. But I'm going to mute this track. Now I go back to my original synth track and add a compressor and I'm going to set the trigger to be my MIDI track. Now, whenever the MIDI track registers a kick drum note, the compressor will be triggered and the volume of the synth will pulse up and down correspondingly. I can play with the threshold, attack, release and ratio to sculpt the tone of this pulse, like so. So those are three of the most common music production sidechain techniques compressing one track with another track as the trigger to create more space and clarity in your mix, compressing the reverb of a wet track with a dry one, and using a silent MIDI track as the trigger for another track to create a pulsing motion. Now there's nothing like using your ears to get a real idea of what production techniques sound like, but I know this may all still feel a little bit abstract. So if you're curious to see these three sidechain techniques in action, then I've linked to some online YouTube tutorials in the episode show notes that will give you a more detailed overview. Do remember though, that you can always Google the techniques we've covered today with the brand of software you use to find a video tutorial specific to your DAW as well. 
So if you wanted to try out the second technique we explored here in Reason, you just have to Google reverb sidechain compression in Reason. But if you're wondering where to get started with sidechaining and you're totally new to this technique, I recommend starting with some basic ducking. Try setting up two channels inside your recording software, one with a bass, the other with a kick drum, and set the kick drum as the trigger for the bass channel's compressor. Listen to the initial difference in clarity between the bass and kick with the sidechain compression activated. Then adjust the threshold to hear how that changes the amount of compression being added. And lastly, adjust the attack, release and ratio to shape the curve or character of the compression. Once you've adjusted these settings, try listening both with and without the sidechain compressor activated to hear the difference and train your ears and how it's working. And that is our episode on sidechaining, folks. I hope you found it useful breaking down exactly what sidechaining is. Remember, this technique is essentially using the signal from one channel as the trigger for an effect on another inside your recording project. We covered three techniques that are common in music production, including volume ducking, reverb ducking, and using MIDI to create a pulsing motion too. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. I encourage you to get creative with how you use sidechaining, the instruments you apply to it, and the effects you trigger with it too. Who knows, some unorthodox sidechaining could become one of your signature sounds as an artist and producer. But a great place to start is volume ducking on your bass using a kick as your trigger. It's a great basic sidechain technique to have in your music producer's arsenal. Now, next week on the podcast, we have a super special episode because we're featuring the ORAM Awards here on Girls Twiddling Knobs. The ORAM Awards is a platform for innovation in sound, music and related technologies to elevate the work and voices of women, trans and non-binary music creators. And I got the chance to sit down with Judge Irish Gorells and two of the 2022 winning artists, Kelly Jane Jones and Amble Skews. So tune in next week to hear about Kelly and Amble's creative practice, the electronic music pioneer Daphne Oram, whom the awards are named after, and how you can apply for the 2023 awards yourself. But till then, take care and I'll catch you here soon. Girls Twiddling Knobs is hosted and produced by me, Isabel Anderson, with production support from Jade Bailey. The show notes are compiled by Francesca O'Connor, and this is a female DIY musician production. So, how do you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it, And you know someone else who would love it too. Be a good friend and share it with them. Go on, spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.